Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, praise team. Thank you. My everything. Deacon, you know, you sang that song like you got some relationship with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise team, I want to thank you. Uh, and I want to thank you for allowing God to use you in this moment. Amen. And I want to thank you because as I was sitting there today, you caused a flashback mm. when you were singing awesome and how great is our God. I had a flashback back to 109 for just a moment. And Malik can tell you over in 109, those were on repeat when I was with the children. And somebody's asking, why, Reverend Jones, are you telling this story in this moment? I'm telling this story because I want you to understand that we need to enjoy our service to the Lord in the moment. In 2023, I am having a conversation with God about my service. And that conversation is, I have you where I want you. Watch this, this is God talking. I need you to enjoy the moment. I need you to enjoy the moment. So what am I saying? What I'm saying here is, is that we spend a lot of time running around. We spend a lot of time doing a lot of stuff. But when God has us where he wants us, are we taking the time to enjoy that moment? Because you could be someone else. And so what I'm saying to you, church, is that as you are working for the Lord and the Lord has you in the right place, you need to learn how to enjoy the moment. And so I thank you, praise team, for that flashback. Because I am learning how to enjoy the moment. Some of you know that I have been teaching for 25 years. And as I look back over those 25 years, the Lord has said, I've had you where I wanted you so that you could make a difference. Enjoy the moment. When I think back about the times that I was youth pastor, I was so busy sometimes running around making sure everything was done that I didn't take time to enjoy the moment. So when I look back over those moments, I am awestruck as to what God can do with a little old person like me. The lives that he can impact with a little old boy from Mississippi. So I want you to understand, church, and this is not in the sermon, what I want you to understand is don't get so focused on your task 
Stay focused on God so that you can enjoy the moment. Those moments only come around one time. So when God got you in the right place at the right moment doing what he wants you to do, you need to take time and say, bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. There's nobody like our God. Amen. Amen. While I'm doing thank yous, Deacon Jones, thank you as always for being in my corner. I want to thank pastor for this opportunity to preach the word and pastor I know you're listening online we are praying you have a praying church we are confident that God is going to deliver for you we are confident we we confident in that and so we're gonna keep praying pastor and that we love you and of course I want to thank God I am learning to appreciate God even more than I ever thought I could. And somebody says, well, why are you saying that? Because I'm learning what Deacon Gino just saying is God is my everything. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you. We thank you because you are an awesome God. We thank you so because even in the midst of our struggles, even in our distractions, you are yet present, loving us and protecting us. And so we thank you for this moment. Father God, in the songwriter says that I give myself away. In this moment, I give myself away to you. Hide me so that the people can focus on you and not me. Give them a word just for them, Father God, and let them go running out, telling the people what you did for them. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, I'm not going to be with you long this morning. At least I'm going to attempt not to be with you long. But I love the Sunday before Black History Month. And so I says, well, Reverend, why do you love? Because I get to talk about all the history I want to talk about. There ain't nothing you can do about it. And I've had the pleasure for the last second year in a row uh, being the preacher of the hour on the Sunday before Black History Month. And the reality is, it's a moment ordained by God because Pastor and I did not plan either one of those God orchestrated it. So today I come with a video clip. Yeah, it's a lesson a day. You talk about a lesson. It's a lesson a day. I come bearing a video clip. What is the video clip about? I have a clip from the Freedom Riders today. And we're going to show this clip in just a moment, but some of you may not know who the Freedom Riders are. And so the Freedom Riders were a organ, let me rephrase that, the Freedom Rides were organized by CORE, the Congress of Racial Equality in the 1960s, and they organized the Freedom Rides. And so what are the Freedom Rides? The Freedom Rides were 400 black and white Americans risked their lives, got beaten, 
got knocked down, got threatened just so they could travel together. And so this particular clip is about the music, but setting the clip up, I want to say for just a moment, if you don't understand the freedom ride, let me just give you an example. So in May, May 14th of 1961, Mother's Day, can you believe it or not, there were buses that had come from Washington, D.C. They're on their way to New Orleans. On this particular Sunday, they had already stopped in Atlanta and met with Dr. King, and Dr. King had told them, hey, you might not want to go. My sources tell me that the Klan has prepared quite a reception for you. And so this most famous Freedom Ride is where two buses, one a Greyhound bus and one a Trailway bus, started out from Atlanta. The Greyhound bus didn't make it. It got firebombed in Anniston, Alabama. The Trailways bus showed up in Birmingham where the participants got beat almost to death. But that's not the lesson, watch this, that's not the lesson I came with today. The lesson that I have for you today is about the music and the importance of the music to the movement. We're ready, let's roll that clip for me please. So we did a lot of singing. A lot of the songs came from old spirituals. They just changed the words to fit whatever was going on at that time. As we got on the bus, I had an idea for a new stanza, Pride on the Prize. Riding on this big greyhound, carrying love from town to town. Keep your eyes on the prize, hold on. And everybody started singing along with me, and that's what we sang as we got on the bus. There were different songs that we were singing to fit the occasion. Uh, for example, one of the songs we would sing would go like, uh, Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around, turn me around, turn me around. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. I'm gonna keep on a-walking, keep on a-talking, walking up the King's Highway. Ain't gonna let nobody do it. Turn me around, turn me around, turn me around. Ain't gonna let nobody do it. I'm taking the Greyhound bus to Jackson this time. I'm riding the front seat and I'll do it every time. Hallelujah, I'm a traveling. Hallelujah, ain't it fine? Hallelujah, I'm a traveling down freedom's main line. stop singing. I got put in solitary confinement three different times. We had a small group in our jail cell and we had a quartet and I was part of the quartet and we would sing to the ladies late at night when things were quiet. I know 
I know we'll meet again, I know. I know we'll meet again, I know. I know we'll meet again someday. Ooh. The reason for that singing was to let them know that we were okay. And then they would sing back to us and they would let us know that they were okay. You could hear each other back and forth. You, you felt a little bit in touch. But if they wanted to stop our singing or control our behavior, they would take the mattresses. Let me say, you can take our mattress, oh yes. You can take our mattress, oh yes. We start piling up the mattress at the door so they wouldn't have any problem. So they, you know, we were with the program. We were going to still sing. And we continue to sing. Music put us in harmony with each other, gave us support for each other, and we relish the opportunity. Even if you didn't have a great voice, it didn't matter, you could hum. And so everybody could sing. Singing, the music became a powerful, nonviolent instrument. And I often say, without music, without the singing, we would have lost a sense of solidarity. It gave us hope in a time of hopelessness. Church, the songs they sang were adapted from old Negro spirituals. Those songs served a specific purpose. Just like when David said in Psalm 33 and 3, sing to him a new song, play skillfully and shout for joy. The Freedom Riders and the Civil Rights Protesters were singing new songs amidst their challenges. We too must sing a new song in the middle of our challenges. Throughout various places in the Bible, we are instructed to sing God a new song. I'm not going to go through all of those scriptures, but we did post them online for you. What does it mean to sing God a new song? And why should we sing a new song? Singing is a form of praise and worship, and our God is worthy to be praised. We should always have a new song ready because it prevents our praise and worship from becoming stale, predictable, and routine. God's creation should keep us wonderstruck and should inspire us to stay focused on him and remember who he is. Yes, we are part of God's creation too. Genesis 1 and 31 says, God saw all that he made and it was good. Although that was before sin entered the picture, remember God sees us that way through Jesus right now. Psalm 139.14 says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Singing a new song does not necessarily mean composing new lyrics each time. It means that we should have a fresh praise and worship in response to our experience of God's grace. Singing a new song will help us remain unified. We heard Hank Thomas and John Lewis talk about singing help them with solidarity. This is an unsettling time for the church universal. It's an unsettling time for Pleasant Grove Church. Preacher, why is it an unsettling time? Because a lot of us have fed into the lie and let COVID-19 keep us from our church. We've decided that, oh, we don't need to go over there. We don't need God. So the numbers of the church are going down. It is an unsettling time for Pleasant Grove Church because this year we're going to transition from one pastor to the next. Instead of worrying, folks, it's time to sing a new song. Why do you think pastor has been emphasizing that we need to step up our prayer life and our worship life? It's because we need to sing. A new song. What do I mean? This is an opportune time for the enemy to create issues and distractions. But if we are a praying church, if we are a fasting church, if we are a worshiping church, then it won't matter what the enemy is doing. We will stay focused on so if you're concerned about who the next pastor is going to be, if you're concerned about us getting that right, let me give you some advice. You didn't ask me, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Try praying, fasting, and singing a new song to God. And see, don't he give you the very thing that he's already got planned? Did you hear what Hank Thomas said? He said, I wouldn't stop singing, so they put me in solitary confinement three times. Translation, it didn't matter what the enemy was doing. He stayed focused on God. Singing a new song will help us remain hopeful. For those people that are keeping up, that's point number two. In, both, uh, in the video, both... Ernest Rip Patton Jr. and John Lewis talked about the hope and support that the song brought to the movement or that singing brought to the movement. Mr. Patton talked about how the young women and the young men would sing back and forth to each other. Last week, Bishop Booth talked about the storms of life. This week, we got punched in the gut with a video from Memphis, Tennessee. I know some of you are asking, how do we remain hopeful in the midst of our current troubles? I would remind you of Psalm 33. Verse 4 says, God is upright and faithful. This didn't catch him by surprise. He loves the righteous. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his steadfast Love, verse number five. That means God is taking notes. Yes, even in 
the violence we are yet experiencing, God's love is still showing up. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were created. Verse 6. Verse 8, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. See, when you have a relationship with the creator of the universe, you don't get worried. You just start praying. When you have a relationship with the creator of the universe, you don't worry about the enemy is doing. You look and see what God is going to do. Folks, we are under attack. And some of us are moving away from God instead of moving closer to God. If we focus on verse number 11, it says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. In other words, God already has a plan. The question is, are we going to get with it? God's plan, it says, to all generations. So it don't matter which generation is coming along, God's plan is paramount. He observes everything, verse 15. In verses 16 and 17, it says that the king nor the warrior can save themselves. In other words, folks, if you're looking for a savior, only God can save you in this moment. And so at the end of chapter 33, it says, behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him and on those who hope in his steadfast love. Where are we putting our trust? Are we putting our trust in those people in Washington or those people at the General Assembly? If so, you're in trouble. If you put in your trust in your checkbook, it may disappear. If you put in your trust in your spouse, they may leave you. You need to put your trust and your hope in something that is eternal. Verse 18 says, excuse me, verse 19 says that he may deliver their souls from the death and keep them alive in the famine. Verse 20 says, our souls wait for the Lord. He is our help and our Shield. Are we living like God is our help and our shield? Because when you have the help of the creator of the universe, then why are you worrying about the people around you? Watch this. Verse 21 says, for our heart is glad in him. We must trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us even as we hope. In you. If we are putting our hope in God, then we must not be silent in the face of police brutality. We must not be silent in the face of students shooting their teacher. We must not be silent in the middle of this never-ending violence. Here's the question I have for us in this moment. Where are the people of God? As we are bombarded by this violence, what are we saying and what are we doing? It appears, just from looking from the outside, that we have gone mute. Our children are watching us. I get tired of people complaining about the children that we have raised. I'm going to say that again. I get tired of people complaining about the children that we've raised. Whatever problems they got, we're the ones that raised them. 
So we need to start to look in the mirror. When are they going to see us put on our marching shoes? When are they going to see us pick up our cell phone and start texting and calling people down there at the General Assembly and in Washington? When are they going to see us take our canes and our fists and go down there and knock on some doors? See, the saints of old folks, they didn't sit around waiting to see what was going to happen. They got on those buses and they risked their lives. And watch this, folks. The Bible says, is he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. So what are we afraid of? Watch this. When are they going to see us, our children, see us cry out to God? Why must we cry out, preacher? The Bible says in Exodus 3, the Lord told Moses that I heard the cries of my people and came down to rescue them. I think we need a little bit of rescuing in this moment. The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 20, Isaiah told Hezekiah, set your house in order because you are going to die and not recover. But watch this, Hezekiah began to pray and the Bible says he wept bitterly. He cried out to our God. And before Isaiah could get to the middle courts, he told Isaiah, you go back and tell Hezekiah, I will add 15 years to his life. Our God is the ultimate father. So when he hears the cries of his children, when he hears them singing a new song, he moves. Do we have the faith to understand that when we cry out to God, he's going to move. Are we modeling the correct behavior for our children, or are we raising a generation of weak and powerless Christians? Those are the questions we must ask ourselves. If we sing a new song, folks, then we will live out Psalms 34 and remain focused on praise and worship. That's point number three, if you're keeping up. Verse number one in Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Wonder how many of us can say that. Don't raise your hand. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Verse number two. Verse number three. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Verse number four. I, watch this. I sought the Lord. I went looking for God. How many of us are going looking for God? And he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Thank you, Lord. Those who look at him are radiant. Look upon him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried out. Notice that cry again. And the Lord heard him and saved him from all of his troubles. So I'm starting to ponder, Lord. Is it because we're not crying out that you have not delivered us? The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And he delivers them. Verse 8, oh, taste and see, the Lord is good. 
Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Here's the question for you, folks. Where are you taking refuge? So when we sing a new song, we will remain unified in all our situations. We remain hopeful in all our situations. We will constantly praise God. And if you think for just a moment, over in Revelations, it talked about the end times, and it talked about the Lord, our God, sitting on the throne with a scroll in his hand. Watch this. And they looked throughout all the universe. There was nobody on earth. There was nobody in heaven that could open the scroll with the seven seals. And John began to weep. And the elders said to John, weep no more. Behold, the lion of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. So he can open the scrolls and the seventh seal. And when he had taken the scrolls, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. And each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang, watch this, a new song. And that new song said, worthy are you to take the scroll, to open the seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed for people, ransomed people for God from every nation and every tribe. So think for just a moment. The saints of old saying, hallelujah, I'm traveling. Hallelujah, ain't it fine. I'm traveling down freedom's main line. But church, today I hope the new saints will sing, worthy, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the line of Judah. Worthy, worthy is the root of David. Worthy, worthy is the one who shed blood for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's no more sickness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's no more shootings. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's no more police brutality. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's no more homelessness. Now, there's a mansion for you. There's a mansion for you. There's a mansion for everybody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's no more dying because Jesus paid it all. So church, when are we going to sing a new song? Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org.
Thank you again.